You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you or whatever. <laughs> Merry. You should just have a merry happy every day if you can. Life doesn't always go that way, but why not just be happy, merry every opportunity? Would you like to wish all our listeners a merry something? Whatever. Merry, happy, whatever. Or if today you're miserable for some reason, be miserable. Merry, miserable It's not day. really up to us to say. <laughs> it's not for me to dictate to you just because it's a time of year when some of us get that vibe. You know, like, hey, let's have a good time. Not mm. everybody has that. Merry 25th of December. Is it? It's not the 25th of December. <laughs> that is when Christmas occurs. That's 25th true. 25th of December. That's true. Sitok does not know, and she's... No, I'm saying today is not that, so don't have a merry today that, unless today is the day you're listening to it, and it's that date. True. Have as best a day as you can in this life, and then tomorrow, make it good as well. Very nice. Thank well you. Said, Thank you. Succinctly <laughs> said. See you all next week. <laughs> Goodbye. We've wrapped up now. Stay classy. All right, so it is Saturday, December the 22nd. And this is after the show number 562. We're a movie review podcast. We come to you every week from our little studio. Is it our studio? Kind of. I guess right this minute it is. Yeah. We have a little studio. Studio. We do. And um, uh, we look at a movie every week. We're looking at a Blu-ray release. We're looking at the movie Peppermint. It's a Christmas movie. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) I mean... There's references to Christmas, but that's not what this movie's about. No. Don't mislead the people. Uh, Do you think they put it out at Christmas because Peppermint sounds like a Christmas movie? Well, I mean, the events happen on about this date in the movie. And it is right before Christmas. So, you know. So it's a Christmas feel-good movie. It is not. Spoiler alert. It is not. It's 2018 movie. It's actually out now on Blu-ray. You can pick it up from our friends at Universal. It's rated R. So if you're a child, you should not be watching. You need to be an adult and you need to have a fully formed brain. That's fair. So um, Peppermint, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie. Uh, It's a revenge movie. Well done. Yeah, someone's family slash loved ones are horribly murdered, and then someone decides to fuck everybody over. Pardon the language, but that's pretty much what it is, and it's not a new idea. You know, like Ms. Pac-Man. This one just happens to be where a woman is scorned, and I'm telling you, a man avenging his woman's death is one thing. I'm not a man. I don't have a woman, so I don't know. I would avenge your death if I could, but a woman and a child, I'm not a mother, but I said, if I was and you hurt my children, I'd F you up. There would be no doubt. I'm, I'm definitely getting this joke in. Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> so you weren't even listening to me. You're just waiting for me to stop talking. I was listening until you were Ugh, and then I so did the joke. So boring. You know Ms. Pac-Man? I don't know her personally. This is Ms. Death Wish. Pac-Man versus Ms. Deathwish. <laughs> Everybody else gets it. I won't explain it to you. 
(laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Peppermint, um, did you see the trailer for this movie? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. You don't think I did? No. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I didn't. I didn't see the trailer for it. Um, So let's say we went in blind on this. Uh, Pretty much. I'll just give you my overall on this one uh, before we go into detail. Okay. Um, It's a very standard um, revenge movie. I think. Absolutely. I don't think it's particularly clever. I think it's full of cliches and... Um, it, the twist is it's a mother yeah, it's and not, a wife doing the avenging. And it's full, it's full on. It's, like I said, they're not, you don't flinch away from her doing what she wants to do. No. Which I, I mean, think is good. I mean, it's fun. It's fun, the right word, for like a movie that's full of violence. I don't know. It is to me. <laughs> I know what you're saying, yeah. but it's not fun. It is violent, but then you feel like it is called for. They yeah. deserve this. So, you know. So I would say um, for this, I've seen many movies like this. It's nothing It's nothing particularly novel. There's, yes, there's a woman in the central role instead of a man, which it usually is a man. But I don't think that makes it different, really, because it is the same story. Um you even mentioned it during the movie. We've watched Marvel's The Punisher on mm-hmm. Netflix. And this, it, you know, she could be female Punisher. I mean, Absolutely. Really... That's what I said. I feel like some Punisher actions is about to go down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a part in a, um, what do you call it, a carnival? Yeah, but that wasn't why. I just was like, okay, here's a family. We know it's going to get hardcore because it's framed with... Framing in movies means, if you don't know, I'm not trying to talk down to you, but the beginning is like a certain thing. It could be a flashback or a flash forward or someone telling you the story or this happens to be a thing happens and then you go back and you get the origin story and then you come back to now. And so it's framed that way. So you right off the bat, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, this lady is not... A soccer mom. Yeah, I said to you. uh, Definitely got business to attend to. What happens in that opening scene with the car? um, You, I said to you. Oh, I think we've established the tone of this movie from that. Yeah, it's not light-hearted in in the slightest. Like this isn't funny. (laughs) So, um, you know, then it just takes on a, you know, well, we just said spoilers, but I mean, we've already said it. The family gets murdered, and she goes on a revenge thing. And she's kind of wronged all all along the way. The justice system wrongs her. The cops aren't really... That's the justice system. Everybody is afraid of the cartel guy. And that's the bottom line. Nobody is going to try to get justice for her family. And therefore, she does it for herself. Right. And that's Sisters it. Sisters are the doing it for themselves. So that's the whole of the movie. It doesn't have like... um. A particular style, like Atomic Blonde did this year, another kick-ass woman movie. Doesn't yeah, it didn't have, have, yeah, didn't have like a specific... No. It looked nice, though. It, it did, did look good. It does, but it doesn't have like a, something to differentiate. It's more... This is from the director of Taken, and Taken is pretty much a straightforward revenge movie also. Yeah. Uh, this follows that follows that kind of template, I think. I mean, it... It looks a certain way. It's not trying to be artsy or anything. It's just very matter of fact. In fact, some of the cop scenes where cops are talking to each other, it it almost 
I was on the line for me felt like a TV show like um cops just talking in a Yeah, it was very straightforward. Yeah. You're right. There's no there's no style it's really never tr- involved. It's not trying to be particularly cool even though you could say some of the scenes with her are but no, they they don't make a child be sexy or she's not like this assassin. True. She's just this fucked up, you know. Is she there's a plot point in the movie which we discussed earlier about they kind of mentioned that she might be psychotic, or she is. Because of her head injury. Because she also gets shot. Yeah. So we're trying to give her an excuse beyond just a mother and a wife getting revenge, where for some reason men don't ever need that excuse. Right. You know, Death Wish guy, he didn't need anybody saying, well... Taken guy didn't need He's that. got something wrong with his brain now, therefore, so we don't need a woman to have that either, because if you're pissed enough, I think the old saying says, nothing like a woman scorned, right? Right. Hell something. <laughs> but there's a whole, like, convoluted thing that she goes missing for a bunch of time. She tra- She kind of trains herself to be, like, super good with weapons and... I think that's plausible. Fighting. I know people will be like, oh, God, right. But I do think if you just disappeared into the world and you found a way, you, you, I think that's plausible. It's not practical for a person to do, but I wasn't rolling my eyes at it. Now, what I really liked about the movie, um, and it is full of action, to be honest, it doesn't really slow down. It's, it's full of, you know, really gruesome shootouts i would say she doesn't flinch no it's like when you watch john wick and he's just shooting people in the face and, yeah. you know it's just shooting people constantly when she goes to shoot people in this she it's gruesome like it's not cg blood it's like it looks like splatter blood everywhere she shoots people right in the face she puts knives in them she sticks a knife in the side of somebody's head at one she point she doesn't ever hesitate there's never like you know no, she's got a this moment of uh, 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 she's never afraid of anybody, not at all. She jumps off things. She and the other thing about it is, like, she's not a superhero either. Like, because she hurts herself a lot. Like, she's often hurt. She falls off a thing. She's like, ah, she, you know, she gets stabbed in the side. But it's not like, oh well, she's been stabbed in the side, but she's still going to take twenty guys out. She. Kind of has to back off at that point and then go and heal herself or whatever she has to do. So it has an element of Rambo there where she stitches herself up, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Where you go like, ah, God, ow, 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 that looks painful. But the shootouts were my favorite part. Like the the part where she infiltrated like the, the house of the gang leader guy. Yeah. With the car and like she had the silenced assault rifle and she's just real... She looks like she knows what she's doing. I know I'm not a paramilitary guy or anything, but she's kind of sticking in the shadows and taking one or two guys out at a time and she gets all the way through the house. I thought that was really cool, really well choreographed. And, you know, I said to you at the beginning, I bet there's a car chase in this movie. There actually isn't a car chase. There's a part where she's driving a car. She's not chasing. True. She's just driving a car from one place to another. She steals a bunch of cars. She's, I was going to say, is there a sense of humor in this film? But there isn't, right? There's nothing funny. No. <laughs> nothing. There's well, not even a... there is one thing funny when she goes to that woman's house, and that's kind of funny. It is. It's sad and funny, but then you realize, spoiler alert, it's that woman's whole fault. 
That yeah. bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a soccer mom type at the beginning. Well, Jennifer Garner is just a regular woman at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, in her life. As far as we know, you see, there's no explanation except that we know the other soccer mom lady didn't like her. Right. Like, you can't just do what you want, so then you're like, oh, what's up with this lady? Yeah, so maybe she was just, yeah, you know, a rule breaker or didn't. Maybe yeah. she has special, just special skills that we don't know about yeah. yet. Well, maybe the twist is oh. she is actually Liam Neeson's <laughs> niece or something. <laughs> special agents. Everywhere. So, yeah, uh, um, it's pretty, like I say, standard revenge thriller. It's actually a, a good, interesting, it breezes by. It's um, not silly. There's a twist that comes, which I think you saw and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. But then when it did come, I was like, oh, why Why didn't I think of that? Like, it seemed, seems obvious when, you know, it's one of those. Um I wasn't. I mean, it was almost that thing that you always tell me the name of, it and I always forget where the movie's going along, and then all of a sudden they throw a thing in there that you go, "Oh, well, that doesn't have no hint of that whatsoever," and now we're throwing that in at the last minute because we need a twist. Yeah, right. what was that? What's that called? You always tell me, and I always forget. Red herring? No, red herring is completely different. Red herring is a thing you think is the deal the whole time. Oh yeah, that's like the MacGuffin. Well. It's- <laughs> Two different things, but yeah. Like, so, so what's the, the this? MacGuffins this has got like a lady's name. A lady's name? Yeah. Anybody know out there, you'll know what we're talking about. I'm completely blank on that. I know what you're saying. Though. Yeah. But or it like comes in, at, it's like a, the twist that you're like, what? That doesn't even fit anything. This does fit sort of, but you had no clue, except I just got a gut reaction like, oh, oh. <laughs> and it does make you think at the end. It did me a little bit. I mean, it's not a thinky movie at all, but I was thinking, am I on her side or not? Like, like what yeah. am I exactly? Like, she's at the end, you know, there's a crossroads for her, I guess. And I'm like, okay, she's, I think it's 40-something people she murders in this. Now, that's the definition. That's like a mass murderer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um she does have her motives for killing them all, but but she probably went the wrong way about it. Are we on her side? Are we not on her side? I'm is on her the, side. You know what I'm saying? No, there is that element. And this also, time, I'm on her side. Yeah, and also the, the, there's a police, the policeman. Is he on her side? Is you know, like because if you notice, she killed no police officers. They either killed each other or the bad guys yeah. killed them. So she, she only didn't killed cartel. I know she didn't make a statement about that, but I, I feel like that was a meeting at some point during the writing process. <laughs> like we can't have her killing anybody that's questionably good or law enforcement or anything. We have she had her mission is all of these motherfuckers who are out there. Caused my family to die, and that's it. There's no, you don't, she doesn't give any big long speeches about how they might do it to other people, or she has to stop them. She, none of that. It's simply, you did this, and now I'm going to kill you. And that's it. Like, that's all she was doing. And I feel like I'm with her. That's true, because, um, you know, when that guy is not being a very good parent to his son on the bus. Yeah, exactly. She does go and have a altercation with him, but he doesn't get killed for that. And secondly, the 
person, the lady, soccer mom lady, she could have easily killed her too, right? Yeah. But she's not actually a bad person. But see, they didn't have it dawn on her that it's that lady's fault. I did like when she said, "I'm now I'm going to uh, tie you up and burn your house down. Like, and, and I'm kidding. Leave. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And at that point, I was like, is she going to do that? Because she might. She if seems... she'd thrown in a line that said none of this would have happened if it weren't for you and your bitchy thing to take away my daughter's birthday party, then you would be like, oh, well, she's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, it wouldn't, would it? I mean, no, I'm saying that she was actually the bad guy. The bad guys did the actually, thing that was actually, her fault. Actually, um, her husband's to blame for just even. Entering. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. He didn't, but even. Well, he's not to blame. His no. friend is to blame for even asking him to do. His friend says. No, he called him. No, so, I'm saying his friend comes into the uh, mechanic's place and says, you know, you're not got enough money. Do you want to. Like, yeah, but he called him. I know he did. I'm I'm saying though, but the 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 catalyst is his friend coming into the office and saying, no, the "Do you want is... to do a robbery with us?" And then him phoning him back and saying, yeah. "No, I do not want to do a robbery with you." That's the catalyst, not that woman. Because regardless of what happened that night, that cartel, if they knew about those two, they would come and kill him anyway, right? All right. So we still have to blame the cartel. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But. uh yeah, that's it. It's a very simple story. There's nothing really um, complicated about it. <laughs> Is the, It's very... Everything you see, there's nothing to guess or nothing to... It's pretty well explained. And I, I was thinking of a movie to compare it to, and I just keep coming back to Taken with Liam Neeson. It's the same template. It's a... Yeah. A, a, an event happens that is really traumatic to the guy, and then the guy in that one has to rescue his family... It just happens in Taken. It's not quite as hardcore as this one, right? Because his daughter's actually uh, in Taken. Spoilers for a movie that's about 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's actually fine. She's just kidnapped, right? In this one, the family's dead. I don't know if she's fine, but she's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in this one, we're talking about a dead little girl. Hardcore and, stuff. And a dead husband, right? So, Which is hardcore. I, I didn't expect it. The dead little girl, I did not expect. No. I thought the husband was going to get um, killed and the daughter was going to get winged by a bullet or something. No, I knew from that opening sequence right. that when she said to the guy, you don't remember me, do you? And she's so angry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad with the child. So that's, uh, that's how I see it. It's a fairly, um, you know... Action movie, uh, revenge thing. You've seen lots of them before, but I think I think Jennifer Garner brings something to it. Yeah, including horrible wig. Oh my god! Don't even no, get me let's, started let's on the, the wig. wig. <gasps> Why? Why put a wig on a woman when all she has to do is just mess up her hair? It doesn't make any sense. Jennifer Garner has really nice hair because I could tell by looking in the extras when she was talking. And in the beginning, is... in the beginning, she has her own hair. Right, then she's shot in the head, and they put on the little shaved wig-looking thing. Which they, I was fine with. Yep. And then she just got a wig on the rest of the time. It just makes Which no sense. Which just looks sense. like a grotty wig. Like, I mean, yeah. they're trying to look like she's just somebody who's, you know, she's focused on She doesn't on care her. anymore. Yeah, yeah, she's not doing her hair every day, which is fine. She lives I, in a homeless place. I absolutely, she lives on Skid Row, yeah. And yeah. she absolutely not going to care about her hair. Not a problem. I don't even care if she takes a shower every day. 
But my goodness, that weird... Oh, you can wig. tell you can really tell a wig, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't, never It makes looks... no sense. No, I don't think it makes sense. Is she wearing that wig on the cover of this movie? Don't know. Let me look. I feel like she is, but they've done it all. Kind of, yeah. Looks yeah. smoother though. Yeah. But yeah, there's a um Jennifer Garner does her own stunts in this movie. Mostly. Yeah. It doesn't look like when she's fighting that there's a stunt woman standing in it all the time. It, it really doesn't. That was one of the things I was impressed with. So let's move on to the cast. Jennifer Garner plays Riley North. What, do you like Jennifer Garner? Are you a I'm fan? not a huge fan, but this, um, I didn't mind. Right, what, um, did you like her? What did we see her in recently? She was actually pretty good. Love, Simon. Yeah, she was the, the mom. Yeah. I mean, neutral. She was neutral. She was she, just a mom. She was in yeah. that horribly something good day with Steve Carell as well. She was the mom. Yeah, true. Um, she was mom again this time. She was the mom. <laughs> she was different Juno guy. as well, right? Juno. She was the to hope, wishful mom. Wanted to be a mother. Yeah. So, um, are, are you not generally a fan, but you thought she was good? Kid? She was fine. And I would watch something else action related, but with a different vibe. Would you watch Electra? Again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did that come out did that come out like what? <laughs> no, not again, I would not. Uh, I don't know if I would watch it again. Um I remember Not because of it. her I wouldn't. I remember watching Electra. I mean I love superhero stuff and thinking, wow, what a letdown that one was. Yeah. Just felt because I liked her character in Daredevil and then when she was in Electra, I was like, wow, this is just bland. It just felt bland or something. I agree. But uh, I liked her in this, apart from that wig. But I think she was pretty... The action parts, and she's not like a... You know, she's small. I kept thinking, like, somebody could just grab her and throw her across the room, right? She's pretty... There's not much to her. That's why I think some people would roll their eyes about, but I still think it's plausible. But nobody really gets near enough to her, because she's always got a big assault rifle in her hand. No, well, a couple of people grab her, throw her up against, but then she does things like brass knuckles and bangs her head into their head. And no matter what you do, eight pounds of skull coming at your face. Yeah. It didn't matter who you are, that's going to hurt. Um, John Gallagher Jr., who I think it, I always think. <laughs> is a Wahlberg. I, I either think he's Ike Barinhold, who, uh, that guy, or I think he's a Wahlberg. He's neither of those. He's actually a person, an individual person, nothing to do with just those a guy. other franchises. <laughs> franchises of people. Yeah. Um, he plays Detective Stan Carmichael. What did you think of this guy? I liked him. I did. I so, mean, his character's a jerk, but I liked him. He's like a... I felt really... You know when she whacked him in the head with a um, fire extinguisher? Mm-hmm. I felt really bad for him. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, that'll teach you. I was like, you're the nicest... Like, you've been so nice to... Like, he even told the ambulance people, just give her a break. Like, she's just had a family murdered. and <laughs> But when you look back and you think, hmm, yeah. maybe that's when he just got in or he got in after that. Yeah. Because by the time we see him five years later, he's drinking. His boss guy is like, nice of you to show up. You know, so something's gone on between now and then. So he's just basically yeah, he's, he's been not, bought off. He's not quite as good a cop anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked him too. Thought he was a uh, good. Um, I, he, I still think he's a Wahlberg. I think he's an imposter. <laughs> John Ortiz 
plays Detective Moses Beltran. Always good. Yeah, he's like the the um what do you call him? What do you call her? Partner. Detective. Yeah. It's his partner though, who's the voice of reason. It's that character in the movie. Yeah. Like, you know, do your job, be a good cop, that guy. But I thought he was good, and he is good. You do see him in a lot of things, but then you never think of him if you He's get what solid. Um, Kaylee Fleming plays Carly North. She's <laughs> the child of uh, Jennifer in this. Also the child of? Yeah. Not in real life, but fictional child of? Rick Grimes Correct. from The Walking Dead. She's and also- the Punisher. That's why she's so tough. Well, she didn't end up being super tough, but she was like, punch her in the face, mom. And yeah. Those are assholes. You know, she was kind of uh, edgy. She's also been in Star Wars. She is the young version of Rey in The Force Awakens. So um, this little girl, you know what? This little girl, you've seen her a few times. Now she's going to be in The Walking Dead. She's Everybody's going to know who she is, isn't she? Yeah, they seem to do that to the young people. She's going to become Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> what? You know Millie uh, Bobby? She didn't start as young, though. Yeah, but she was nobody. She got yeah. on the biggest show and then whew, everybody knows who she is. Or Dakota Fanning. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like this little girl. I think she's pretty... She play, I like how tough she plays. Mm-hmm. But she plays the Grimes character tough and, you know. But I wanted to put her down because I really liked her. And then the bad guy in this movie, Juan Pablo Raba. Raba? He plays Diego Garcia, which is the most stereotypical baddie name it I is. can think of. It totally is. <laughs> It's like, seriously, people? It's like Mexican cartel bad guy. Well, we, we, threw, the, we threw the Koreans in there just yeah. so that it's not just, uh, you know, yeah. Mexican cartel, but we also got the Korean cartel. I don't know. But he's know like stereotypical bad guy even. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what did you think of him? It's all right, but they looped him really horribly many times, which always annoys me. I thought so, too. Was that because... I don't know what? why, but it was really annoying. Um yeah, he's a bad guy. You know what? He's a bad guy. It's like a comic book bad guy. Yeah. You don't care about him. You know what's going to come to him at some point. And you're waiting for her to go and take him out. That's pretty much all he is. Correct. Uh, this is directed by Pierre Morel. He's actually the director of Taken and a movie called District B13. I don't know if you saw this movie. It's a parkour no. movie. No. But it's set in the future. And it's mostly based around like these parkour gangs, and it's really cool. There's some there's some parkour moves that you'll see in that that you've never seen before, like this guy jumping through this tiny little window that is only big enough for a human to go through, and he just shoots right through it. It's crazy. All real stunts. Um, probably an underrated movie. Um, it had something to do with, and I'm blanking on his name. You know what I'm saying. The uh, Fifth Element, the director of The Fifth Element, mm, Luc Besson. Yeah, yeah, I think he produced the movie. But um, I really enjoyed that movie. So this guy, and Taken, I really enjoyed too, to be honest. What do you think of him, this Pierre guy? The director? Pierre Morel. Oh, he was fine, but like you said, there's nothing, No, you know. there's nothing. It's like, there's also nothing about Taken that is stylistic or stylish. Or it's just a vibe about what's happening more yeah. than a visual style. So I do, I like what he's making. You know, they're pretty tough movies. They don't pull any punches, and they. If well, she, there's if, a lot of punches. Yeah, if she's <laughs> going to shoot somebody in the face, you're going to see the face get shot at. You know, like it's 
Yeah. It's groups, you know, it's right in there. Like, it's not cutting away from stuff. I like that. It's a bit ballsy. Extras, and there are not many. There's a commentary with the director, and there's just this one featurette called Justice. What did you think of it? Boring. Like, there's nothing to it. It was Jennifer Garner talking, and she said how, what, how unique this movie is? Which we both disagree with. (laughs) I was like, which movie are you talking about? Um, Yeah, Jennifer, this movie is not unique. It really isn't. Maybe it's unique to you because you've never been in a movie like this. It's unique to you. Or someone sells you on the idea that it's unique when it is not actually, unfortunately. So, um, conclusion on uh, Peppermint. I enjoyed it. You know, it's like middle of the road, enjoyed it. Definitely. It's not. You know, it's probably not in, spoilers, it's probably not in my top 10 movies of the year, but um, I can't say I didn't have fun watching Jennifer Garner kick people's asses <laughs> and shoot people in the face. Nice. Because <laughs> that's what she did. Correct. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. And next week, we're taking a look at the new movie, The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And it's directed by, who's it directed by? Jack Black. Eli Roth. Oh, Eli Roth. That's right. Jack Black's in it. And it's, I think it's a bit of a different direction for Mr. Eli Roth. So uh, we'll take a look at that next week. Different Jack Black, cannibalism? Yeah, the green <laughs> inferno. We'll see. So um, movie recommendations. I am going with the original Death Wish, which I watched as a child on VHS. And I definitely shouldn't have been watching it. I think I watched it when my parents were out. Your foster parents. Yeah. And that's how I watched a lot of movies back in the 80s. Like, my foster dad had rented um, a movie and then left it on top of the VCR. It was for him to watch, obviously, late at night when nobody's around. And then in the daytime, when he was gone, we'd just watch it. (laughs) So I remember very clearly watching Death Wish and watching Charles Bronson and the rape scene in that movie is pretty, you know. Did that scar you for life? It, i definitely never seen anything so, you know, like Straw Dogs was another one that always stuck in my mind of a revenge movie that's like, oh, that's a lot to see when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Death Wish always struck me and I always thought, this guy's cool. You know, this something happens to this guy with his family, and then he's just he's just going to get them all. I just thought that was an interesting concept. So I think it's still a pretty I think it's still a pretty good movie, actually. I mean, they went on and made a bunch of sequels that were not so good, but Death Wish, the original, and I'd also recommend. I don't think it's good. I think it is in terms of when it was made, and it was a unique kind of thing back then. Mm. You know, it was like the Taken of its day. Like something that came along and people went, oh, this is cool. You know, it's. Yeah, I don't know if it. I think it was just the extreme, the extreme nature of it. But I mean, we'd have movies like that already, just not quite done that way, you know? I did like Charles Bronson in those kind of films too. And my other one I'm going to recommend is Daredevil, but only the director's cut of Daredevil. So if you're going to grab a copy of Daredevil, and I'm talking about the Jennifer Garner, Ben Affleck Daredevil. Don't watch the theatrical cut. Watch the director's cut. It's a separate release. 
it's so much better than the theatrical one. It's very dated, I bet, at this time, especially because we've just watched Marvel's Daredevil TV series, yeah. which is very up-to-date, and, you know, I bet that feels... It wasn't quite as intense, was it, the uh, the actual Daredevil one with No, no. So I'd recommend that. The director's cut only, though. It is one of the movies, and I've seen a lot of director's cuts of movies, but the director's cut of Daredevil is one of the prime examples of how a movie can be a lot different by the director actually changing the cut because it feels like a different movie there's a lot of scenes added i think it's about 30 minutes and it changes how the movie feels like it changes the pace it changes everything there's a lot more of electra's story and the story that they deal with with electra in the director's cut of daredevil is way better than that crappy electra movie so oh god yeah so i recommend those two and yours are Mine are, because I just wanted to pick something that the two main people, well, two main people, I guess, her and the cop guy, Tin Clover, Cloverfield Lane. Ike Barinhold. Was what the Baron. cop guy was in. Oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, Matt, Matt Wahlberg's brother? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that was a that was pretty fun, too. Unsettling. And Catch and Release with Miss Jennifer Garner. And Kevin Smith. He was in it briefly, yes. Not As, briefly. He was in it quite a bit. Mm, I mean, he was just the friend of her, the fiance, who also yeah. died. She has a thing. We don't want <laughs> her characters. Spoiler. Have lots of <laughs> 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 I was like, how old is that movie? Probably pretty old. 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's a, it's, she does a good job. She's sad well, and appropriately. the first movie that Kevin acted in that was not one of his movies? Like, mm, was that before Die Hard? Oh yeah. It was way before Die Hard. Mm. Maybe then. So, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, a Scully stuff. I have been playing some more Red Dead Redemption 2. We actually, I actually thought, even you thought, that I'd finished it last night, right? Yep. And we were like, this has got to be the end. It feels like the end. Things that They happen. played a song where the lyrics were, this is the end. Yeah. Not <laughs> I mean, the doors. It's but... not like a rocket science to maybe push those two things together. Yeah, it felt like... The closing of the game. And I have been playing for about 75 hours. So, yeah, you would think it was the end. And it is the end in a way, like a chapter, like the end of the chapter. And then... No spoilers. No. And then an epilogue starts. And I have learned that the epilogue is about 10 hours long. So we're not at the end. But, you know, when people have been saying recently, oh, the story's really not very good. And like it... I, I don't know what people, except for GBD, who's just full of shit. But. I've not heard more than him. I've heard different people say, oh, the story's not really up to the, you know, mark of Rockstar. But I think those are really powerful scenes that we saw last night. Mm. The music in the right places, the slow motion, the vignette kind of thing with the deer. and Yeah. And that one line where he says, thank you. Which I told you about. Yep. That got me a little bit, that part. Um I don't I don't want to spoil what's what was happening, so I won't, but there's there's a big emotional thing in this in this game that is uh not usual for a video game. So I'll tell you, when I get past the ten hour <laughs> um epilogues, two parts there's two epilogues, I will uh 
do a full discussion and talk spoilers and everything and give you a warning beforehand. So I should get to that sometime in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while. I reckon. Um, yeah, because it is a very long game. And if you don't have patience and you don't enjoy the setting, I can understand why you might not like it. But I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, but just to say it's shit because you don't like it, if because just, people don't like it, it makes right. no sense. Because uh, it might be just like that thing where, well, you know, I don't watch cowboy... Like, you might be the person who says, I don't watch cowboy movies because I don't enjoy them. And that's fair enough, just sure. don't watch them, right? And that might be just what this game is. It might not be your thing. Like, Definitely. But it doesn't mean it's shitty. Correct. Because it really isn't. <laughs> It's, it's like a very... I mean, saying that you like it doesn't make it good either, but... No. You know what I mean? I mean, I can see quality, and I play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. There's a huge amount of quality to this game. You can tell the people who made it love what they were making. Every single camera angle and shot, and you know, it's all lovingly done. I can tell it is. And Rockstar, you know, they're the kind of developer who don't have like release dates they don't go we got to get this game out by this date they just keep making it until they're happy with it then put it out took them eight years in this case so uh i trust them and i really am enjoying it and my other game i've been playing jeff minter one of my favorite game developers who nobody else probably knows who he is he was a game developer from back in the day when the sinclair spectrum and the Commodore 64 were the big computers in Britain. I don't even think those computers were that popular in the States. But growing up, playing those two computers and playing Jeff Minter's games on them, I was always a big fan of his. He has like um, this style, the very basic graphics, but he has like a, always has really cool soundtrack. And it's kind of old school arcade gameplays, like something like Centipede or Tempest, which he's done. This new game he's got is called Polybius, and it's his take on, let me see, like, it's not like Tempest, but you are shooting, and you are traveling down a hole, or let's say a tunnel, and you're shooting stuff, and you're going, you have to drive your little vehicle in between gates, and they're very small, the gates, and you've got to get it in between them to get power-ups, and then you've got to shoot the stuff. And you just keep going faster. Every gate you go through, it makes your speed of your vehicle go faster. And eventually you're going so fast, your eyes are melting almost. Like you can't <laughs> really tell what's happening anymore. But it's, it's to get going very fast and to shoot everything. And to old school style, going down a hole. There's really awesome music playing. He always has awesome music. If you're into bands like The Prodigy and like techno from the 90s, you'll get the music immediately. Uh, it's called Polybius. It's out on PlayStation, PlayStation VR, PC, and, and it's also out on Oculus Rift, I believe. So you can play it in VR or you can play it flat. Uh, it's Polybius. I recommend it. It's really fun. So, Sitor, what's for dinner? Tonight will be a concoction. I don't understand what that is. A concoction of some kind. Like combination of ingredients that we have, yes. A potion to ease your hunger. Just a concoction of some kind. I had my holiday with my family over the weekend. And what I don't really want to go out and get more stuff. I could order order something. 
Oh, we could order pizza. Mmm, you're loving that Papa John's pizza. That's a consideration. But there also could be a concoction. <laughs> concoction meaning it could be a combination of vegetables, uh, protein of some kind. We're vegetarian, so, you know, we have to find a protein in there somewhere. And that's it. Sounds all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, concoction. So tell the people your message. My message? It's like the Queen's speech. My message? Yeah, you know, your advice message. Oh, it's time for that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think we've t- we covered it already. I think it's appropriate to say happy, Mary, everything. Like, don't be a dickhead and worry about how people tell you to have a nice time. Seriously. You're going to come. It's like if somebody says have a nice day and somebody turns and go, don't tell me to have a nice day. I'm offended that you want me to have a nice day. Like, why do you care if someone says Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy whatever? It's someone who's taken a split second, even if it's a habit. That's fair enough. People say things just because it's expected, but it's a nice thought. So if you're not a Christian person, which I am not, because I believe in absolutely nothing, and yet if everyone who wants to tell me Merry Christmas, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't need to lecture anyone on religion because they just want me to have a nice time of year with my family and friends. Like, I don't get this thing. It makes me crazy. So just have a happy, have a happy, nice, whatever. Or don't. Just live your life as best you can and without harming people. Should we um, all change that phrase to that? (laughs) It's not quite as snappy. No, it isn't at all. uh... (laughs) So here's a little bit of bonus chat for you all before we go. Uh, we watched a movie this week, kind of a controversial movie, I would say. Mm. And it's a movie by uh, director Lars von Trier. It's called The House That Jack Built, starring Matt Dillon. Controversial? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, no. Lars von Trier, he kind of, controversy surrounds him whenever a movie comes out. It's he, been a while. He wraps himself... In the idea of controversy. Right. Don't let it, don't make it sound like it's somebody else's fault, because it's all him. So this is Lars von Trier's new movie. It's a two and a half hour serial killer movie, but, uh, set in the 70s, America, and stars Matt Dillon as the our hero, Jack. He's not a hero. <laughs> don't. don't make it sound like you are behind this guy. <laughs> um, and we watched it this week, the uncensored version. And uh, Sid Talk will give you, like, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Oh, you don't know Lars von Trier movies, really, right? Me? No. Um, you watched Dancer in the Dark with Bjorn. Yeah. Right. So you kind of know what he, what yeah. he is. Yeah. I mean, it's very obvious that the person at the helm is very up their own ass. I don't have any delusions about that at all. It's, the, it's very much a statement type of art. It isn't telling me a story necessarily. It's poking at me on yeah. purpose. Yep. With intentions of aggravating, getting me to walk out, getting me to have a like, oh, that is inappropriate kind of thing, which is fine. Art can be, art can do that. So don't have the expectation of like, well, because one guy, whoever that guy was that you watched who does reviews, you know, I want him just to tell me a good story. Well, it's not how it has to work, I don't think, you know? I don't think so either. Yeah, so 
but I enjoy the story, even though it's horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get... I mean... The concept is a guy who's basically like the guy from American Psycho. You know, he's invisible. Yeah. But he's right out in the open. He's not even hardly, barely trying to hide his psychosis and his deeds. And yet, because society is what it is... Not everyone. It's a generalization of the big picture. We will ignore and push away from things that might require us to intervene. You know, she comes out in the street and says, I need help. He comes out in the street and says, I've killed 60 people. And the cop's like, come on, you guys are drunk. Just go inside. We know he's killed 60 people. (laughs) She's asking for help. It's like the Jeffrey Dahmer real life story. It is exactly of the young that, man right? that he had in his house, and they ran out in the street. The cops told him to go back in because Jeffrey Dahmer said it's a lover's quarrel or whatever. And that guy ended up dead. So that's a real, I don't know if he was using that as an example, but it is real that we will pick and choose what causes and things that we find convenient enough or economically viable enough for us to involve ourselves with or ignore. And I think that, you know, he even screams out the window. He says, scream out the window for help. And she does. And nothing yeah, as happens. loud as she possibly can. Yeah. Nothing happens. And so it's a statement thing, which is fair. I have no problem with art making a statement. It's just that in the way it's done is, I'm making a statement. I'm making a statement. <laughs> and so you have to kind of separate yourself. And the style I like, the weirdness I like, Matt Dillon was fantastic. I like that it challenges you on a few different things, you know, about why he thinks he's the way he is and then having to justify his actions to this guy who may or may not be the guy from Dante's Inferno, right? Or Dante's, Yeah. yeah. Virgil. Virgil, you know, where he's saying to him, Colin is bullshit, like, that's not why you're doing what you're doing, and things like that. I like all that. Yeah, it's framed around the Divine Comedy and Dante's Inferno. Yeah. It's it's like a... Not com- fully straight up, but I mean, it's got references to... I mean, because- it's like this conversation between... Um, and there's no doubt that the person who wrote it and directed it believes that someone like our character deserves to go to hell. What he believe, whatever he believes in, some kind of punishment for these deeds, right? Right. So that's the overall object. That's the overall story I get or vibe that's is like as objective as subjective as it is. Like where you might feel like, well, these crimes are an affront to humanity, and all of his little images that he uses to justify his character and all that stuff. I mean, can be very prickly. He's got some Holocaust references and. Some other serial killer stuff in there, so you're like, oh, you know. Lars throws in some clips from his own other movies. At yeah, one point. but his objective isn't to sell you on the idea that the people who commit atrocities have some kind of reason socially to exist, or that it's justified in any way. Because ultimately, they all suffer. They're all going to have to suffer for their deeds. And so I feel like that part gets messed, or at least from the vibe of the things that you've said, people have said about it. Did anything really, uh, like he's known for shocking people with like really intense scenes. Was there anything in there that mm, I shocked mean, you? Nothing. I mean, sometimes, no, not really. Not off the top of my head. Off the top of my head. And, uh, you know, I, 
nothing really. I can watch most things and not be shocked. I can think, oh God, how did he get away with that? You know? Yeah. But in this movie, there is some child deaths that I was like, oh, that's bad. (laughs) Yeah, but it wasn't like... The imagery of, of it wasn't shocking. I thought that's what you're asking. No, not about. the imagery. More of like, like, yeah. Jack doesn't. You know, Jack will kill anything. He doesn't discriminate. No, <laughs> from what we can tell. Except he does. You know, there's the thing of misogyny and how this guy is killing women, but he addresses that. He says straight up, he igno- he won't acknowledge, but the Virgil character acknowledges that his stories are and mostly, like. In hatred of women, so right. I mean it's it's addressed because they like, even say he even says you only talk about the women you've killed. Yeah. What about the men? He said, "Oh yeah, I've killed lots of men, but women these are, are just some random." Yeah, but stories. you can tell there's a he's making a statement that violence against or it seems to me violence against women is even more not overlooked, but because of this guy's mind. They're an easier target, and that's, you know, everything he's saying is a bigger social commentary. So that's what he's saying in general about our society, is that violence against women is more easily overlooked. Because the men who do it think it's easier to get away with. I mean, it's a loop, I guess, but I just think it's an interesting movie. People who don't like it, don't watch it. I can imagine, you know, there's going to be people who can't stomach it, because it's really... Sure challenging kind of movie but um i think the way it's told in these five it's like five little segments it was going to be a tv show originally i was reading and it was going to be in five parts and each of the incidents as it's called in the movie was going to be an episode of the show but um it turns out to be a movie that's two and a half hours long because these episodes do they're not rushed you know there's an it's each one is a killing that he does Sometimes more than one person. But um, I really liked the second incident where he goes to that just that random lady's house and pretends yeah. to be a police officer. and then Where he's just like learning how to do what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, and it's really awkward and it's like intense the entire time. Because Lars von Trier does this thing with like handheld camera work, which I thought you would hate. Like it's really wobbly. Sometimes I did, yeah. Yeah, Um but I think it feels, it makes it feel even more weird and intense. When he's talking to Uma Thurman, he does a lot of that thing. It's not actually camera work. It's like we've done 50 takes of this and I'm cutting between the takes. Mm. So it feels like, you know, when you say you hate it when YouTubers do it. Yeah. When they cut and it feels like they cut. Yeah. There's a lot of that cutting in this movie, but it makes it feel odd. Like it's like, oh. This is odd. But it's, oh, we have to remember, he's telling us the story. Of a disjointed... So it's his mind. Right. So you always have to remember that's the frame of this particular movie, is this guy's telling us about his deeds. So whatever he's remembered it as, or however he sees it in his mind, that's what's going on. And it's... I thought the ending was really spectacular. <laughs> and I thought the choice of the song Hit the Road, Jack after what happens at the end, it is really cool. Like, it was... I think it was supposed to make you think that, which, to yeah. me, made it seem kind of obnoxious, but... I really enjoyed the epilogue, as you would call it, after mm-hmm. the incidents, where it, you know, where you would say, he's, they're in the shit water. 
Yes. But that little journey there, I really liked because it was unexpected for me. I wasn't thinking in those terms for this movie. It took a really different, weird turn at the end. That you should, uh, you can't really see coming because it is kind of bizarre. Yeah. And he's, you know, is this (laughs) one of the other things? And somebody said, oh, this was like a lot of it was hilarious to them. Like, I didn't really think it was hilarious. No. Hardly at all. What kind of people think this movie's funny? No. If they're going to bitch about Lars Ventry or whatever his name is, then they need to do some soul searching. There's some moments where I was like, this is like virgin on like, you know, like you would like a one of those situation comedies where things are kind of spiraling out of control. Like, like I say, the he's got this OCD thing and he's killed this woman. And he keeps thinking, oh, that house that I just killed her in, there's probably blood somewhere. I have to go in and clean it. And he kept thinking, like, oh. And then he did actually go back and start cleaning things up. And it was like a wrestle, like, between him and his mind, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just kept going back and forward. But then what he actually does with the rope and the car. Yeah, oh, my God. there, There was, like, I was, I wasn't laughing out loud, but it seemed ridiculous. But then I was like, he doesn't care, like... Correct, he got to that, like, oh. <laughs> like, he's, he, he doesn't think he's ever going to be caught. Like, he just does things, just... It almost feels random what he's doing. He doesn't... He's, he starts off with a plan, but then, you know, when we see those scenes of him just carrying corpses to into his house? Yeah. Past... And he lives in, like, an... A, it's not his house. Flats. No, when he's going to the flats to take the pictures of them. He to takes where, them into That's his where house. that lady lived. Right, in there. The one lady, yeah. But that whole place is like a place where people live and he's walking past the front doors with a body over his... Again, reinforcing the idea that nobody's really looking and if right. someone did, they might just be like, oh, they're just having a fight or whatever and then crawl back into their own little reality. Yeah, but then, you know, like in American Psycho, which I do think is kind of funny in parts, there are some funny moments in that movie. It's more like a... funny, uncomfortable. Yeah, in a dark, funny... There are some of that in this, when he's taking the photos of the corpses in that apartment. Mm-hmm. And it's just, <laughs> he went out there, like, to go and get this body, to bring it back, to take some photos. But then, on the way, he sees an old lady who's just walking, and he can't not kill her. Because he's like, fuck, there's an old lady. I've, like, she's on her own. I've got to kill her. It's like fighting with his own self. I, I did really find, find it- that funny. Now, there was just something about some of it that was uncomfortable, awkward, funny. Yeah. In a way, like, you might think, oh, this is... Not funny. <laughs> no, but there was definitely moments where I was smiling, maybe in nervous kind of way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it does go pretty far. You might say, is it for art or is it for no. shock? He thinks he's making the art of making his statement. No, I mean Lars, not... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not Jack. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The guy, the director guy, that's his his M.O., isn't it? Yeah. And some people say, oh, well, his movies are not art. They're just shock value kind of movies. But, you know, it's... Anyway, it's available now. You can't get it on Blu-ray yet. But it is on video on demand if you want to see it. It's not on Netflix or anything like that. You have to go and seek it out. It's on, um, I think you can pick it up on Voodoo, those kind of places. You have to pay like, you know, I think it's like $10 to rent it. 
but uh, it is theatrical as well. But um, if you're interested in like, I would call it extreme cinema. It's like in that genre where it's like irreversible or those movies that make you wince, make you think, might make you feel a bit sick. It's in those, it's in that wheelhouse, right? Mm. Type, yeah. It's very artistic. You wouldn't recommend it to everybody because you know people, there's going to be a lot of people who'd be like, I ain't sitting for two hours and 30 minutes watching that. Cause yeah, and is, also like kind of being lectured to a little bit. and Not you know. a little bit. Not a little bit. <laughs> True. <laughs> there are actual lectures like inserted in the thing. It's like, oh, now I'm being spoken to and he's telling me what he thinks. And, it's, and I don't feel like it's Jack talking to me at the moment. I feel like it's Lars talking to me about his things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. About art and, you know. So, yeah, that's uh, The House That Jack Built. It's by Lars von Trier. I'm sure they'll get a Blu-ray release at some point, and maybe we'll review it in depth or something later. But as for now, I would say I enjoyed it, but then that would make me sound like a weird weirdo. <laughs> Very weird weirdo. I agree. So I'll say I, it was a challenging thing, and I'm glad I watched it. That's what I'll say. Fair enough. So um, if you want to contact us, you can via ascully.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook. This podcast is on the Google Play, iTunes Music Store. Tune in. If you've got an Amazon device, just say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. We're also RSS feed. Just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can just listen to the show straight from the page. Or you can subscribe and we support all of the things. I use Plex. All the stuff. Now Plex supports podcasts. It's very easy to listen to it in Plex. And that means it works everywhere on everything. You can also catch us on YouTube. That's the newest place we're on. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk at all, ever. <laughs> and uh, stay classy and Merry Christmas. <laughs> stay classy if you are classy maybe they're not classy you ever think of that no. and i'm gonna say think for yourself or someone will do it for you